the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay! <laughs> I love it in Flint! You're very astute, folks. Not an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom, how are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon... They will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. W.H. Weiscarver, a recent guest on the show, has pledged 50% of the proceeds from his book Twilight of Empire from sales between October 1st and October 31st to support the Tom Sumner program. W.H. Weiscarver, a former National Security Advisor and counsel for the U.S. Senate Armed Services Committee, pulls no punches, fusing history with political intrigue in Twilight of Empire, the third of four planned novels in the Resurrection Saga series. W.H. Carver's book, Twilight of Empire, shows that the U.S. has all the wealth, science, and resources to solve every issue we face today. Twilight of Empire by W.H. Carver is available on Amazon and Apple Books. For more information and to support the Tom Sumner program, visit whyscarver.com. This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Show. And welcome back, everybody, as we roll into the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. I'm joined this hour by a psychotherapist who advocates for the institution of marriage, who has a new book called Marriage-Minded, an A to Z Dating Guide for Lasting Love. And her name is Marsha Berger, and she joins me by phone. Hi, Marsha. Welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Tom. Thanks for having me here. Let me let me ask a, a a couple of things because it's becoming, um, well, more than fifty percent of marriages end in divorce, and a hundred percent of divorces start with marriage. Um, <laughs> that sounds funny. <laughs> well, I I'm I'm glad you think so, uh, but the truth is that that women no longer need to get married for financial security mm. or to start a family as they did in generations past um but is there something built into humans to pair off oh definitely i think everybody has a yearn to have a partner in life because it's in our dna well that's that's what i'm asking because um 
how how do you explain then such a high divorce rate if mm-hmm. if we want to be paired off why do we have such a tough time staying paired off right that's an excellent question tom and i think you gave half of the answer and that is that marriage has changed and i believe that we many of us have not caught up with the new expectations as you said it used to be for financial support for the approval of society if we want to have children uh... and uh... it's not that way anymore a third of women out earn their husbands and uh... in most uh... cultures now in the popular culture People can have children without being married. So, so what are the new expectations? What are people trying to gain from marrying? Uh, whether they know it or not, they want emotional fulfillment. They want spiritual fulfillment as well as the material and the physical considerations. And because they don't know it, uh, then uh, they don't get it and they, they don't quite understand, um, you know, why the love doesn't seem to be there anymore. And it is because People just need to have more knowledge about how to create an emotionally and spiritual fulfilling marriage because that is the new expectation, whether people are conscious about it or not. Well, and that's, that's what I was going to ask because a lot of times people are being told by their friends and professionals that they don't, they don't need someone else to make them a complete person. And I'm sure you've made similar comments to patients and clients and so on. Um, What should the expectation be? Uh, Okay, I believe in marriage. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, You know, for a while, especially when when, uh, women's liberation was um, maybe, I mean, it's still a popular movement, but... I think it promoted the idea for a while. Uh, there used to be a, a T-shirt that said something like, um, a woman needs a man like like a fish needs a bicycle. And I don't <laughs> think that's true. I think we really, we, we do need each other. And uh, it's, it's a matter of, you know, what do we need each other for? <laughs> and uh, with that understanding, again, that we, we need each other, I, I believe we do need each other to feel complete. And that uh, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts when we're married. It's something, something bigger and more magnificent results um, when we do create a good, lasting marriage. Is it? Is there still? I'm not sure how to set this up, Marcia. But, but let me let me try it this way. Back in the early part of the 20th century and up through the the 50s and and we have this sort of leave it to beaver impression of you know a happy family you uh-huh, know a yeah. married couple two point something children and there was there there was clear a clear division of duties and responsibilities there were clear roles and as you pointed out um (laughs) with the t-shirt example that i like so much um when this idea when women started becoming more independent when they didn't rely on a man to make a living or 
or even to co-parent. Um, the, the roles and the divisions don't seem as clear. Are there clear roles and divisions, or has it just gotten complicated because everybody can do the same stuff and, and it, they're not sure how to divide it up? Mm, okay, that's an interesting, interesting question. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to work complex. on that. For, you know what? I don't think of it as complex now. <clears throat> yes, there used to be more fixed gender roles, and, and that can be very limiting, uh, and that's why the, you know, I don't know if you've heard of the book, like this came out in the 60s, The Feminine Mystique, where the women who were quite well-educated were not very happy uh, having their whole life be around being a housewife and a homemaker and, and did want more. And I think uh, that uh, this is, everybody wants to be who they are, who they really are, if that involves being a homemaker full-time, that's fine for some women. And for many other women, they gain some fulfillment by being out in the workplace or doing satisfying work, whether they're doing it at home, which is happening for men and women now so, so much more. Uh, but, but people have different ways of, of being fulfilled and being happy, and there's no one-size-fits-all. So uh, I think of it as uh, almost like, uh, you know, like a really good growth-reducing challenge to find out what really fits for each person, which is a very individual solution. When a couple is dating, what are their expectations? And what, what should they be doing to, um, to clear the road for, for a happy marriage? So when a couple is dating, um, presuming that you're meaning they're dating with the idea of finding a marriage partner, is that right? I'm not sure if that's what I mean, Marcia, because I think a lot of people um, might be compelled to date just because they feel like they need that company. Yes. And, and some people will have an expectation that it, that it could or should lead to marriage. Some may be looking at it as, as, you know, my mate for now. Right. There's uh, different kinds of dating. There's recreational dating, and, and there's more of a dating with the idea of, of looking for commitment. And uh, so, so one thing that is really nice to know is uh, what are you looking for and, and what is the person that you're spending time with looking for and find out if you're on the same track. And that should be part of the dating process. People should be comfortable to talk openly and freely about what they're looking for. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Is, is that easier said than done? Uh, I think it is easier said than done because it can be an awkward conversation and you want to have it. Uh, when you already have some rapport with the person. Uh, and although in my book I give an example of a couple of men who have said on a first date, I'm ready to settle down. I'm, and they're implying they're not going to date somebody who's not looking for that also. Um, if it's the woman, I think um, men might be a little bit... Uh, 
I don't know, surprised or uncomfortable if on the first date a woman says, so do you want to get married or what? <laughs> Something like that. Um, well, there's the but, old cliche that, you know, that sends men running for the hills. Right. Um, but, however, if you're feeling comfortable with each other and, and, you you know, you like, if it's a woman and you like his company, I would say by somewhere around the third date, um, you're not saying, do you want to marry me? But you're saying, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, how you're picturing your life. I, you know, do you have dreams of what it's going to look like? Are you you're thinking, do you want to have marriage and kids? And, of course, you don't mean with yourself because you barely know each other. But just, you know, in a nice, gentle conversation, just wondering what, what you're uh, looking for. Yeah, would you someday like to be married and have kids? Yeah, someday, right. Well, that and then you kind of tell if they're hemming and hawing and stumbling around, you know, oh, maybe someday, or I'm not, I'm not, one of, the, one, of the, one of the examples in my book is somebody says, well, I'm not opposed to marriage. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think it should be illegal, but <laughs> <laughs> it shouldn't be banned. Um, <laughs> right. So, but it, no, if a guy is seriously interested in marriage, which my husband, on, on, it was, I think, around our third date, I I had the conversation with him, and it was very clear, yes, he does want marriage, and it, it wasn't any kind of big tension thing of, is she trying to trap me, or, you know, are we committing? It wasn't like that at all. It was just like friends having a casual conversation. Part of getting to know each other. Yes. And and that's that seems fairly safe (laughs) oh yeah and before i was ready for marriage i never would have thought of even having that conversation you know it was just like i call those kind of relationships going nowhere relationships well let me um let me ask you this does uh, are the dynamics dramatically different depending on um on gender the dynamics about what? Um, about the expectations uh, for marriage and when those kinds of conversations should take place. And is it different for same-sex couples? Well, I'm not an expert on the same-sex couples. However, I think a lot of, a lot of my information about marriage and preparing for marriage does apply to anybody in any kind of relationship who is looking for a commitment. Um, Marcia, I, I want to get you to share uh, a couple more examples from the book, but I have to take a break here. Can you stick around for a few minutes so we can talk some more? Yes, of course. Great. My guest is uh, Marcia Naomi Berger. She is the uh, Author of Marriage Minded, an A to Z dating guide for lasting love. And uh, if you're listening to us on WFOV 92.1 LPFM in Flint, they are a broadcast service of the Flint Odyssey House Spectacle Productions and my good friend Paul Herring. We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do. Uh, when we go to break, if you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And we'll return with my uh, with my guest, psychotherapist uh, Marsha Berger, um, and more of the Tom Sumner Program straight ahead. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. Like I said, we've got lots more to go, so stay with us.
Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Dr. Comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? Mm. It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed! It's a robocall! Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate, but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit 
mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue my conversation with psychotherapist uh, Marsha Naomi Berger, author of Marriage Minded, an A to Z Dating Guide for Lasting Love. She joins me by phone. Marsha, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, that's just fine, Tom. Thank you so much. Um, let me uh, let me ask this. Just before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, how how dating can lead to uh, uh, lasting love or or a happy marriage. Um, usually, that's referred to as living happily ever after, which. I don't know. Somehow it seems the relationship between a couple is very different when they're dating than when they're married. Um, is is that at the root of the problem that, that some marriages have is because they didn't really lay the groundwork when they were dating? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, everybody's on their good behavior generally when they're dating. Um, so I, I think that's why I say take some time to get to know the person uh, in different situations before you decide that this person is the one that you want to spend the rest of your life with. Um, And there are going to be things that won't come up until you're married, but if you get a basic sense of whether this person has the character traits that are important to you and whether you have enough similar values and interests, not everything, but, but enough, um, that you can have a happy life together, um, then you're laying the groundwork for a good marriage. For some reason, and I don't know if I'm just looking at some of my own failed relationships or if it's just from things I've seen in pop culture, but it seems very often that the things that go wrong with a couple aren't as much about the big things values and and morals and and so on but but they're the little things they're they're the leaving the cap off the toothpaste leaving the toilet seat up down it you know etc it's it's often a lot of little things uh, you know i've i've i have found in relationships that uh you know for months and months and months somebody would you know watch star wars with me but then after a while, it's like, I hate Star, star Wars. Uh-huh. You know? so, so that's very interesting. So this is a person um, who, who is not honest about well, expressing it, but wants and feelings. But isn't that part of that being on our best behavior? You know, they like it, so I pretend to like it. Uh, right. So, so as long as you pretend, then you're not being who you really are. And the person doesn't know the real you. And meanwhile, you're building resentment. You know, in this case of, oh, she hates Star Wars, but she keeps watching it because she thinks that's expected of her. Wouldn't it be lovely if he could watch the shows he likes and she watches the shows she likes? And uh, sometimes they find shows that they both like. Which is the way that it should be and and uh, often is. But is it important to not? make those kinds of of sacrifices while dating you know 
I don't like classical music, but I'll go to the symphony because she likes the symphony, that kind of thing? Well, I think that that's fine to do things that please each other and to be kind to each other, and you also can have your boundaries of what you're willing to stretch yourself for and what you're not willing to stretch yourself for. And let and the other person can know this, and you know it's a mutual thing because what what's good for one is good for the other, and and so he's he's allowed not to go to her book discussion group that is about chiclet, you know, it's about books books for women that are about relationships and emotions, and he'd rather read sci-fi, and and he can have his own book club or or do it on his own. Well, yeah. How do how do you uh, avoid a situation uh, where? Um, you know, he likes sports, and, and she likes ballet, so she's watching, you know, public television in one room, and he's watching sports in another room, mm-hmm. and, and, and they end up at opposite ends of the, the house. Well, if that's happening 24-7, of course, <laughs> there's no relationship. Um, but it, I think we all have to balance. Uh, I, I have a friend. I wrote about this in the book, too. My dear friend Amy, we've been friends since seventh grade. She got married um, quite a few years before I did. And and I was concerned about, am I going to lose my identity in marriage? Will I have to give up being me? Um, and she explained that she looked at her relationship with her husband, Michael, as a braid with three strands. One strand is her as an individual. The other strand is Michael, her husband, as an individual. And the third strand is their relationship. And I think that's a beautiful way to put it, that you both are individuals, but yet you also are both part of this relationship. And as long as you make the relationship a central focus, then you're going to be able to meet your own needs and encourage your partner to meet his or her needs also. Um, and, and you know, as I said, if you have enough in common, uh, then you'll have plenty of time to be enjoying being together in various situations. Is there, um, are, are there some, some uh, habits people should form uh, when dating to... Um, you know, help clear the path to that For kind marriage. of openness. Yeah. Yeah. Well, being open and being who you are. I'm one of my, you know, the, my book has entries in every letter of the alphabet, and one of the entries under B is to be yourself. And date is is an experience where ideally you're both going to be yourself. You're not going to put out all your deep dark secrets that aren't important um, at a particular stage. In dating, but you're going to see how comfortable you are just hanging out together and doing things that both of you enjoy together. And uh, and then when it starts getting serious, feeling serious, then you talk about where it's going and, and what uh, I could say as an example, again, with my husband and me, at some point uh, when we'd been seeing each other for a while, he said, I'm not the kind of guy that expects of my wife to put dinner on the table at the same time every night. And hearing that was so reassuring to me because I'm not into the old uh, gender role where where I would be doing that. Um, and, and so I thought, okay, this is a guy who can accept me as I am. Is there um, a way... You mentioned when things start getting serious. What are the things that 
indicate a relationship is getting serious? Are there are there phases? Are there mm. um, I, I don't know uh, um, uh, landmarks along the way? Mm. Uh, it may be different in different dating situations, different people. Um, if you're in an area where his or her family is nearby, I think meeting family is is probably a uh, a good signpost that this person cares enough for you that he or she wants you to, your family and the person to know each other. Um, so that's that's one um, basic consideration. Uh, I'll give another personal example: is that when when I was going to be out of town for a few days, uh, the man who I married. I did something that none of my friends would do. He offered to take care of my dog while I was away. Wow, that's that's right up there with helping somebody move. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty <laughs> close, and and uh, it, it meant a lot to me. Sometimes I say that's why I married him. You know, but you know, it, 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 it just indicates kindness, caring, commitment. He'd never had a dog. Wow, that's even that's yeah. an even bigger deal. Well, he definitely <laughs> passed the dog test. Yeah, and and then the fact that, um, that now when when that dog was no longer alive, it took me a long time to want to get another dog, and uh, so we we did have uh, a difference about that because he uh, didn't think he wanted a dog, uh, but eventually we worked it out and and we got a dog, and and now. The dog uh, loves us both, but the dog loves him more than she loves me because he is so kind to her. Well, yeah, it's, I, I can understand that. I've I've joked about no pets allowed, and I've had pets through all, most of my life, but but I've also gotten kind of used to the freedom of not feeling like I have to rush home and make sure the the dog gets out and gets fed and all that. Oh, that's where you need a partner. Well, that's true. <laughs> but but even still, I'm half joking. But 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 <laughs> no, and that and that is half joking because you know very often if you're lucky, you and your partner are out doing fun things together, and then all of a sudden, you know, you you think, oh, we better cut it short. We've got to. Get home and take well, care of Well, one it. of the deals, my husband and my, you know, one, one of the um, topics in my book, which has over 100 topics, it's a very thorough book, Marriage Mind and an A to Z Dating Guide for Lasting Love. Uh, one of the topics is N, as in Nancy, but N for negotiate. So a negotiation that happened is my husband said, I don't want the dog to keep us from going on vacations. So I said, okay. So when we go away, if there's nobody who wants to take care of our dog, which is usually the case, even though she's a wonderful dog, uh, we put the dog in a kennel. We board the dog, and the dog gets used to it. So that's an example of how you you work it out. You find out what's important to yourselves and to each other and uh, make it work for both of you. And I meant to point out that the book literally is laid out from A to Z. When you say an A to Z dating guide for mm-hmm. lasting love, um, there's an A section and a B section and a C section. 
with all you know items that begin with that word. It's really fun how it's how it's laid out, Marcia. Yeah, I, I think it does make it fun to read, and it's it's very it's a friendly book because it doesn't go on and on about anything. It it it's it, it's fairly concise each topic, um, and we can always learn more. But it's a good way to start thinking about how how to uh, conduct almost almost any aspect of dating, um, overcoming obstacles to dating, overcoming obstacles to committing, and creating a lasting, fulfilling marriage. You know, I I, I wanted to mention one. I, I just happened to come across one in the book, in the G section. Uh, G is for grieving process feelings mm. about a previous mm-hmm. relationship before starting a new one. And so often, people bounce right into a new relationship, whether they are recently divorced or they've just broken up with someone. They, they, they feel that loss, and then they want to try to fill it with another person. And it's um, when, what's long enough? When, when how do you know the grieving process is over and you're not um, bringing a lot of baggage into a new relationship? Oh, that's a really good question, Tom. Um, it's one of those things where where if you uh, process your feelings enough and if it's a relationship that ended up hurting you to really let yourself feel it, and go through it and do some self-analysis of, you know, how do I get into this situation? What do I want to do differently next time? Um, those kinds of thoughts and, and processes um, will help you to get past what lingering feelings are there that would get in the way if you got into another relationship too quickly. You wouldn't really be knowing the new person because you're still so attached to the former relationship, um, and and you know when you're ready, you know when you're going in with a more optimistic attitude and uh, not a, not a fake optimism, but that you've gained some confidence in the process of letting go of whatever was holding you back from moving forward. When you were putting this book together, and and you came up with this idea, Marcia, of doing an A to Z dating guide. Um, did you base this on your experiences um, as a psychotherapist, or or did you have to do some research to fill in uh, some of oh, that? Oh, um, that, that's both. Yeah, my experience as a psychotherapist, also my personal experience, and uh, quite a bit on, on research also. Were there things that you discovered and included in the book that surprised you or was it pretty much what what you expected the book to be like oh, i'm trying to think about what surprised me mm, maybe i was i was a little surprised by some things that people said um i have a i think i have three yeah three three entries about money money what it means to you money and dating and money and marriage uh and uh, the question that I addressed was, I wasn't sure how people felt about it these days because it had been a long time since I'd been dating. So I interviewed a number of people, men and women, and asked them uh, how they view money in dating. 
and uh, and I thought I thought maybe the younger guys uh, thought that that um, oh this is old fashioned about men paying on dates, but uh, that was not true. It, it turns out that of the men that I interviewed, uh, the general attitude was that at least on the first date or the first few dates, the guy should pay. So so that was sort of new information for me for. For the young, for guys in their twenties, say um, that that there is still that desire to be like one man said, gentlemanly, and and to treat on dates. And and gentlemanly, it's it, it's often easy to believe that with the informality that has evolved in recent years, that some of that may have gone by the wayside chivalry if you if you'd like mm-hmm. yeah um for some people yes for some people no um like i say it's it's not i don't think we can generalize about it it depends what kind of circle you you run with or surround yourself with and you know they say like birds of a feather stick together and i think that the women who want chivalry um, will be interested in the men that, that also want that kind of relationship. And the people that are very into, um, I'm going to pay my own way because I don't want him to think I need uh, someone to take care of me, and that person will find people that are okay with that. Is there um, an important... Um are there rules to dating that does dating have a, a, a special function in relationship building um, aside from being company and a good time right now? Uh, again, it depends on each person's purpose in dating. You know, for some people, it's recreation. Uh, for some people, it's about sex more. Um, for some people, it is about wanting to fulfill their yearning to build a life with somebody. But there's more to it than just plus one. What is plus one? <laughs> when you get invited to something and it's you and a guest, <laughs> and someone oh. <laughs> is your plus one. A plus one is all like companionship. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's yeah, kind of what I yeah. was thinking. Is you I see know, what you mean. Yeah. I, well, uh, there was a time when um, women would not want to go into a bar or a restaurant unaccompanied, mm-hmm. and sometimes that meant they, you know, would go to those places when dating, or they would ask someone, you know, to to be their plus one kind of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, well, they're more comfortable with somebody else. But I think uh, I know for myself, uh, when I was single, I really enjoyed going out by myself sometimes. Yeah, so but it I, depends I, on the person. But I think that has changed for women in the last twenty-five, thirty years. Yeah. Well, I was single uh, <laughs> it's been almost 34 years since i've been oh, single oh <laughs> let's 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 not let let's not figure out how far back we can go to remember how things were but um but 
but let's let's do this instead, uh, Marcia. Um, it's um, it, it's an interesting interesting book and an interesting way to approach the subject. It's uh, Marriage Minded, an A to Z Dating Guide for Lasting Love by Marcia Naomi Berger. Um, she is a psychotherapist and works uh, with couples uh, and and with single women. Um, and uh, she leads. Marry with Confidence programs for single women and uh, marriage and communication workshops for everyone else. And, Marcia, it's been a real treat talking with you, but I feel like we've only scratched the surface, and I like to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they might find out more about you, the book, your work, past, present, and future. Um, do you have a website? Uh, yes, I do, and... Marriage Meetings with an S on Meetings, marriagemeetings.com. Well, Marcia, thanks so much for uh, spending this time with me. Does your website have links to uh, different different things, blogs and articles and, and oh, things? Oh, yeah, people yeah. Can... I send out a monthly newsletter, which oh, anybody great. can sign up for for free. If you go to the website, Marriage Meetings with an S, I keep saying, marriagemeetings.com. Uh, you can sign up for the monthly newsletter, uh, and uh, you can also go to the resources tab and see that for seven years I've been sending out this monthly newsletter, and all the articles featured in the newsletter are on the website. You can link to any of those articles. Well, that's now, great. All, lots, lots of aspects of dating and marriage and relationships and communication. Well, Marcia, thanks so much. It's been uh uh, a real privilege uh, meeting you and, and getting to know you a little bit and talking about your new book. Well, the privilege is mutual, and thank you so much for having me on your show. All right. Keep up the good work. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Once again, that's uh, Marsha Naomi Berger, and uh, Marsha is the uh, author of uh, Marriage Minded, an A to Z Dating Guide for Lasting Love. And uh, we're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. And uh, I do want to let you know, let me see, do we have it coming up in, a, uh, in the next break here? No, I don't think we do, so I will go ahead and mention it because um, it's, it's kind of a big deal. You know, for a year and a half, we've been doing everything by phone, and and uh, I've been broadcasting uh, the show from my, my studio at home, and we used to do a lot of remotes. Well, we're, we're coming out of quarantine just in time for Halloween. Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable, is going to hell. October 27th, we will be broadcasting the show live, producing it live from 9 a.m. to noon on October 27th. That's the Wednesday before Halloween. We will be at the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan. That's down near Pinckney. And uh, you're welcome to, you know, go to hell with us and, uh, and join us in hell for uh, that edition of uh, Armchair Politics. We have uh, some other remotes coming up, but that's going to be the first time we will have um, done Armchair Politics, our political roundtable, face-to-face since uh, before the pandemic began. So uh, 
should be uh, a lot of fun whether we have a lot of people with us or not. That's where we'll hey. be. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic. And guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now. And now. And now, too. And even now. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe By from the Blue Hawaiians. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Ananick. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's, uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to AmericanSchismBook.com. 
MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. The uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen in the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. What's the matter? All right, all right. Blanche, Blanche. I'm putting a ribbon in my hair. Where are you going? I'm not going anywhere. I just thought I'd like to look nice this morning. Why? I knew you'd forget. You don't even know what day this is. I do, too. It's rent day. It is not. Today happens to be our wedding anniversary. Well, I knew it was a sad occasion of some kind. What kind of a remark is that? That's supposed to be funny. No, it isn't supposed to be funny, Blanche. I'm just groggy, that's all. I'm sorry. I knew you'd forget. I didn't forget it. So why didn't you say something? Blanche, I just opened my eyes. You forgot it. I tell you, I didn't forget it. But even if I did, you'd remind me of it. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Is that all? No plans? We've been married eight years. Don't you want to do something? No, it's too late to do anything. It's sad about you. How you suffer. I didn't get such a bargain, you know. Okay, okay. There's better fish in the ocean than the one I caught. There's better bait, too. I'm serious. Okay, I'm sorry. You hack away at me in the morning and I'm so exhausted, I don't know what I'm saying. You wouldn't be so exhausted if you went to bed at a reasonable hour. I had to work overtime. Pour me some coffee. Get paid? I'll get paid. What time did you get home? 12.30. If you got home at 12.30, why were you so long getting into bed? I know for a fact you didn't come to bed until almost 2. I was in the kitchen putting the stuff away. What stuff? What's the matter, Blanche? You told me to bring stuff home for the party tonight. You invited a lot of your crumb friends and you told me to bring stuff, so I brought stuff. Did you bring the potatoes for the potatoes? salad. I brought potatoes. Did you pair them? I paired them. All of them? All except one. He had a big knob on top and I couldn't find the meat for him. I meant... I know what you meant, Blanche. I even boiled them last night. Where are my pants? Who stole my pants? Nobody stole your pants. I just looked in the wastebasket and they're not there. My shoes are missing from the sink. Don't be silly, John. Your pants are on a hanger in the closet and your shoes are in the shoe rack. How'd they get there? I put them there. Well, I wish you'd quit throwing my things around like that. (laughs) Gotta get them or I'll be late. You won't be late. Here are your pants. Thanks. Blanche, these aren't my pants. They're not? Then whose pants are they? That's a good question, only I should be asking. Don't be so snobby. They were baggy, so I pressed them. 
baggy. Took me an hour to find the right crease. Be careful you don't wrinkle them now. What's the difference? I like my pants to look lived in. You're dragging the tops on the floor. Hold your trouser leg with your left hand, then step in with your right foot. Blanche, I've been putting on my own pants for over 40 years, and I don't need you to be the foreman of it. Which one? It doesn't matter. I want to use it for a belt. My suspenders are broken. Why don't you wear your belt? I'm using it to keep the soles from falling off my shoes. John Fitterson, you know you're just... I know it. I know I haven't got a belt. Where's my shirt? Where did you hide my shirt? I didn't hide it anywhere. Well, where is it? I draped it around the canary's cage so he could sleep. Is my shirt the only rag you could find to cover the bird's cage with? Hasn't hurt anything, has it? No, but I don't like the way that bird pokes into my pockets. Every time I take a cigarette out, I'm smoking bird seed. Why do you have to cover the cage anyway? The canary is sensitive to light. Well, get him a pair of sunglasses. Leave my shirt alone. No bird's going to sleep later than I do. Ah, shut up. John, why must you be so mean on our anniversary? Blanche, I'm not mean. I'm worried. Business is bad. My job is hanging by a thread. You never should have quit your other job. You made me quit. You said it wasn't dignified selling bowling balls. You were embarrassed to answer when people asked you what your husband sold. Well, it sounded like it was trying to start a fight. That's no problem for you. I gotta go. Here, and don't forget your samples. I won't forget. This darn vacuum cleaner gets heavier every day. Straighten this hose around my neck, will you, Blanche? There, there. Now, got everything? I think so. No, wait a minute. You got any money? Well, there's 50 cents in the sugar bowl. 50 cents? You can bring me the change when you come home. Now listen, Blanche, something's got to be done about this. I can't go down to work like a pauper every day. A man's got to have a couple dollars in his pocket. Now don't yell at me. I don't mind going with torn clothes and holes in my socks, but I'm not going to suffer through those lunches anymore. What's the matter with your lunches? You ought to know. You pack them for me. I'm just getting sick of carrying my lunch to work in a paper sack. Why can't I go to the restaurant like the other fellas? John, what are you talking about? I haven't fixed your lunch for two years. Oh, Blanche, every morning of my life I find my lunch wrapped in brown paper on the side of the sink. John, that's the garbage. Goodbye, Blanche. Goodbye, dear. Happy anniversary. of her. 
not a novice any longer Cause you deep that wraps it up for today's edition of the Tom Sumner program and yes it's October which means while everybody else is celebrating Rocktober and Shocktober we celebrate Schlocktober with a different horrible recording each day today's uh, offering was um, uh, Jonathan and Darlene Edwards aka Joe Stafford in uh, a very funny takeoff on uh, singing badly. Um, I want to say thanks to all my guests on the show today, Marsha Berger, uh, talking about her book, Marriage Minded. And uh, before that, very interesting conversation uh, from the author of Shine On, the remarkable story of how I fell under a moving train journey to the afterlife and the astonishing proof I brought back with me by um, David... uh, Oh, shoot. Ditchfield is his name from the U.K. And uh, we heard a little uh, classical music from his, um, from one of his uh, symphonies that he's written since having that experience. We started out today with um, a professor of business administration at University of Virginia's Darden School of Business, Raj Venkatesan. And... Uh, he was uh, one of the co-authors of a book on, uh, well, it's called The AI Marketing Canvas, A Five-Stage Roadmap to Implementing Artificial Intelligence in Marketing. And that's Smoking George Winters tickling the ivory, so I get to head on down the hall to the living room, but I'll see you tomorrow for another edition. Good night, everybody. The program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. 
Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening. 